when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a useful measure. Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience, 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know, to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader. Welcome, everyone, to the Ed Epley Experience, your opportunity to learn from other exceptional executives and what they've done to make their businesses more sustainable and more successful and and usually more profitable. Uh, Today, this is the second of three different podcasts about the impact of compensation on organizations and individuals. And the actual title is to hopefully that we have compensation strategies that drive performance. So today's guest, he's thoughtful, he's competitive, he's compassionate at the same time. And I've learned that he's pretty hungry about making a difference. He doesn't want to have a job that's just a job. He wants one that will result in making a difference. He's the CFO from NECO Family Care out of Cincinnati. He's John Avery. John, welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. Thanks so much, Ed. Thanks so much. Excited to have a conversation today um, about this really important topic. Yeah, I know having had conversations as a member of your board of advisors, compensation is something that's been a challenge for NECO right now and trying to get it, I guess you'd say, adapted or fitted to the reality of a uh, harsh reality of what's going on with inflation and, and also uh, so many people having so many options as to where they can you know, be employed. So how much of your time gets spent talking about compensation? Is that a is that once every month? Is that once every week? Once every day? I got out of two meetings just today on compensation. And and it's 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 absolutely multiple multiple times a week, understanding at different levels, at different at different areas, how do we address of incredible pain point. You already you mentioned the labor market, inflation, all these things kind of coming together to create tremendous pressure that there's no easy answer to, right? We know we know we have to do something, but which lever do you pull and which can't you pull is incredibly difficult and deadly. You know, I think we all, at least on in, in on the NECA management team, would just love to have an answer, do the do it and move forward. It's just not that easy yeah. um, when you're operating in a constrained environment. Yeah, and then also you have that unique situation in that the people that you serve are not the people who pay you. You have uh, that's right. customers who are disconnected from your clients. And so your ability to pass on your cost increases is definitely, it's difficult and it takes time. It's not something you can do just because you, you, you decided to pay your people more. Let me ask you this. When you, can you remember the first time when you were a boss that you had to talk with somebody about compensation? I'm just curious about in your career, do, do your memory banks allow you to re, uh, you know, reflect on that and access that? Yeah. Absolutely. So I was thinking through this, you know, back when I was the first met, first, first, first time I had someone reporting up to me or a team reporting up to me, newly, really new in the role. So I've been in the role for a couple months. I had already got a pretty good lay of the land. But yeah, someone came to me who was quite frankly, an underperformer and laid out all the reasons. This was outside of a bonus. This is outside of any discussion. They just put a meeting on my calendar and laid out all the reasons they should get a significant increase. And that was the first time I think I was I would I was open to the open to the reality that people's perception of their performance may or may not really jive with uh, 
with reality at all, especially if you haven't had time to instill pretty concrete objectives and goals that you need them to, to be shooting for. Well, did your boss at the time prepare you to have what you could consider a, a productive conversation with this employee or was you, were you left pretty much on your own? I was absolutely left on my own. Um, and I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, in fact, my, the, the, I'd stepped in the role because my boss had vacated a role. So I'd stepped into a new role with the team that had high turnover. And so, no, I'd had no, it was, it was kind of thrown, thrown to it for the first time as a new manager. And so it was certainly learning. I'm sure I did not handle it well at all, but it was, it was certainly a learning opportunity. It was that for sure. Yeah. I'm curious about how much time and effort does Neko spend in preparing your managers to have these conversations about compensation? Is that, is that something you feel like the organization does well, or do you feel like that's something that you got to do better? I think there's always room for improvement. I mean, we currently have a system where it's kind of set up on a quarterly basis where we look at goals and objectives we want to be hitting. We review prior month or prior quarters, goals, objectives, what did we accomplish? But that's largely targeted around some type of variable compensation. And and, um, I think there's certainly room to do to grow people in the career, to develop them, to have the discussions, have those goal setting discussions, which are really, really important, but also marry those up with not only variable compensation, but also saying, hey, based on where you are, are you ready to actually take a, a step up on a career path? And that's where we're getting to. Right now, we, we, we've, we've done for long before I was here, this this idea of goal setting quarterly and in a variable comp. Right. Now we're moving to, to add on looking at someone holistically and where they are in their career and how can we actually help them move up in a career outside of some type of, you know, bonus or variable comp. That's where we currently are. And that's what we're, we're trying to get rolled out for 2023. So in your role as a CFO, have you seen a lot of different comp plans? Um, yes, not necessarily in my role as CFO, but over the course of my career, I certainly have. Are you a big believer in variable comp? It depends on the day. It just, it, it's so, I'm a believer of it in theory. Um, in theory, it should, it, if you can have very concrete objectives that people feel they have at least some element of responsibility and control over, that they can truly impact it, I'm, ag- I'm in agreement with it. I think where it becomes very difficult, unless you have alignment at all levels of management, at all levels of, of, of um, direct contributors, of what we're trying to accomplish, and here's how my individual contribution kind of moves as strategic objectives. It can become a bit of a black box. They feel like it's outside of their control. In many ways, it can become disincentive and not incentive to, to driving behavior. So I do like variable comp. I think the devil's in the details, though. And that's what we're actually trying to figure out. You know, how do you how do you drive how do you drive and reward truly high contributors to a team? Because that's the really most important thing you're trying to do is, is reward high, high contributors. But how do you define that? Because we're all you know people are very very smart and they can you 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 say you, you can set a goal and if the goal is not really tightly aligned to strategic objectives, they can hit a goal and you start not hitting your strategic objective. And so really navigating that and knowing you're, there's no perfect system, that it's very difficult. So, so do you have a bias that you, you would like to reward with variable comp, but you would tend to be more inclined because of the difficulty of getting it correct, that you'd be biased to simply say, here's a salary and and leave it? At- I would for certain positions. Now, for managers, I think a manager has to be somewhat, at all management levels, I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in tying 
some some portion of their their compensation to the company's overall objectives. I and mean, they are a manager of the company. They they manage people in a PNL, and as such, they need to be that needs to be part of their compensation because they do control lovers directly or indirectly. So that that has to be part of there. When it comes to it, it becomes it becomes very difficult when it comes to direct contributors. You know, depending on what they're doing and and how much they feel is or outside of the control. I'm, I'm still a believer and I'm, I'm, I'm still a believer. I don't want to say I'm not a believer. I just think it's very important that they feel that they, they are, that they truly, it's transparent, the calculation, how, whatever the methodology is, they can see it. They can track it over time. They feel that they, they, their activity clearly correlates to the output and then their payment. And if you can't do that, no matter how well-intentioned you are, if you can't actually show them and have transparency around that, they're going to distrust it. And if they distrust it, they think they're they're getting taken advantage of. They're thinking something's taken away from them versus given to them. It essentially, becomes a demotivator, right? Correct. Yeah. Because they look, they think they think they should be getting X and they're getting Y, and they think you're trying to screw yeah. them, which is usually not the case. It's just usually it's either not transparent or clearly defined. So, in your career, you're now part of an organization that, that I would call a professional services social business or social right. professional services business, however you want to, uh, to label that. Right. Uh, have you always been in the professional services world or have you been in other kinds of businesses? No, I've, I mean, I've, I've been in it before, yes, but certainly been in other. My most recent the company came in right before this was actually industrial services. So vast, larger, you know, majority of our workforce was technical, technical skill, right? So very, very different skill, different, different demographic you're pulling from. Well, I'm just thinking about, uh, to me, one of the challenges with the uh, variable comp with knowledge work, professional services work, is oftentimes you can't see the value that somebody is creating until the work is done. Right. So it's hard to see, like somebody that's doing code, you don't know if it's good code until after they, right. you don't know if it's right. effective and efficient. You don't, you really don't know until the product is, is done. Whereas if I'm in a manufacturing environment, if I'm a construction environment, if I'm in a job where my work is done in some part with my hands, not just my head, mm-hmm. to me, variable comp is easier, you know, piecework, for example, that's, that's yep. that, that's a, a an environment where variable comp I think is much simpler to implement right. successfully. So that's right. You know, most of our beliefs about things like compensation I think are set up predominantly by either great successes or great failures. Have you have you seen some really good wins, or have all of your experiences been really bad losses with regard to compensation systems? I'm just curious which which have more influenced you. So I've seen it, but I, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, so one thing I have seen. So I came from one of my prior companies it was a subsidiary Nucor. Nucor is really interesting in that they have a fairly, at least at, at the lower levels, they have a fairly simplistic but well understood method of of driving bonus, and it can be pretty high. It can be a pretty high percentage of their pay bonus. But it's it, it, when you go to a plant, it's uniformly understood. It's largely production based. What that bonus is, how it's derived, how we all can chip in and contribute to it. Maybe I individually aren't doing a ton to move the needle, but we know if we collectively work together, we will move the needle, right? So that works very well because it's so it's very well understood. You as a team work together to achieve, achieve a common goal. I think where I've also seen it go sideways is when is when you have measures that you think are the most you think these measures are tracking. And to your point about how do you how do you know what, what something's being done? And I, I ran across this quote, when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a useful measure. So when you when you take your KPIs 
which are really just indicators of performance. They aren't actually your performance. And you actually say, well, if you hit this KPI, then I give you a bonus. Well, people will just learn how to game the KPI. It, what they actually, what the effect, what the results are irrelevant. It doesn't matter what the results are. All that matters. I mean, look, we're all the time this way. If you tell me to hit KPI, I'll figure out to hit the KPI. Yeah. And that's how most people are. And so that's what I've seen when it's, when the KPIs become the targets versus just the indicators, which it even happened here to some extent in Echo, that's when you can get off track um, versus saying, hey, what are we actually, what are our core strategic objectives and how do we make sure we're, we're, we're driving that behavior, not in using, using KPIs as an indicator of that behavior, but not, not incentivizing or bonusing based on KPIs. And that's a mindset shift. That's what we're kind of also kind of working through as well. But it's so easy. If you're not using the right target, you'll quickly you're not driving the right behavior. I've always been in, in, in curious about what level of variable comp actually motivates or changes behavior or drives behavior. And a rule of thumb that I found to be somewhat true is that if my variable comp isn't at least 20% of my base pay, I'm probably not going to do that much different than I otherwise would. Now, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that that's true for others, but it, as a VP of sales, when when I was mm-hmm. managing comp and, and working with people to try to design compensation programs that motivated them to do their best work, right? If 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 it was five percent, ten percent, I would find an individual wouldn't necessarily change their behavior very much in pursuit of that additional money. I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts. No. That's a fair point. I think the only thing I would add to that, I think if probably 15 to 20% would, would probably be a rule of thumb. I would, and I don't have any data to support that at all, but I think there's something to it. If it's such a low level, it's, if it's such a low level, it's not going to try, unless it's, unless it's so easily, unless it's just such a low hurdle, right. To do it, at which point it's effectively base comp and what are we, what are, we're not really incentivizing performance. They're, they're going to get it by default anyway. Right. But if you're actually creating a difficult hurdle, that they have to go above and beyond, you better make the carrot pretty sweet for jumping over the hurdle. Otherwise, people are just not going to jump over the hurdle. So I, I would agree with that. Where that threshold actually is, I'm not entirely sure, but I would more or less agree with you. Do you uh, how many kids do you have, John? Three kids. Do you give them like any money uh, allowances or anything like that? So they have a chore chart. So they have their kind of weekly, daily task list. That they, if they, you know, if they get, they, they cross all the X's, they can, they can get a kind of a, a static amount. And then a, there's a separate set, a, a separate list. If they go, if you want to do, I don't know, pick up sticks, right? If you want to do something else, and those are, that's kind of a, a, a rate per, per task, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Okay. So do you think that, are they more likely, well, first of all, how much of the variable comp are they earning? I would say next to zero, <laughs> not very much. <laughs> so I, I think the quarter or the 50 cents we're offering is not enough to get them to pick weeds or whatever we're asking them to do. Yeah. Yeah. With our kids, we started out by giving them an allowance. I'm sorry, by saying they could earn an allowance by doing a list of chores. But the right. list of chores didn't seem to get done as consistently as we wanted. So we ended up reversing it. We started out and said, here's your five bucks. You You start with that. But to keep all of that, you have to do all of these things. 
Hmm. And so instead of starting at zero and building, yes. you start at five and lose. Yeah. And and I like that. And what we and what we experienced was they seemed to be more motivated by the avoidance of losing something mm-hmm. than they were by the achievement of the receipt of something for for doing whatever was required to be done. So it was it was the avoidance. Of the, That's interesting. The avoidance of a negative seemed to be more of a motivator than the the achievement of a positive. Which makes, I mean, for behavioral economics, that actually makes perfect sense. I, I'm not, I love that for my kids because I need to incorporate that. I might get more chores done. What could that look like or could it, could it work or what could it, how could that look in the workforce maybe? Do you have any idea how that could work from a bonus standpoint? Well, again, it, it goes back to we, the nice thing with kids is very discreet, specific things that we can observe as a parent, Fair. whether it's done or not, and know whether it was done right. or not, like cleaning a room or going to bed or yep. uh, getting an A or wh- whatever it might be. So the so, right. so the whole idea is it's it's pretty simple, I think, with our kids because mm-hmm. it's real time and we're we're there where it can where it can be ob- observed. With our people, I think it becomes more difficult. But that said, if we had very clear, it said when these conditions are in place, these KPIs are being achieved, which are indicators of the overall success of the job, then you're getting this much. If you're doing anything less than that, it becomes something less than that amount. Right. But again, the, the ability to measure it would become challenging, I think. And, and that's that's that is why that's why we we're having so many meetings, because it's truly making sure because it's not just can we measure, can they they believe the measurement we're giving them, right? Because they don't believe we're actually measuring the right thing. They're, once again, they feel like, the, oh, this corporate trying to screw us, which is not the case. It's just you've got to have so much transparency and clarity around those measurements. Otherwise, they have they have to be trusted. They, can, they have to be above have to be above question, honestly. Yeah. And, and then the other thing you deal with in your world is your people, by and large, care, care very deeply about helping these foster kids get with the right parents, foster parents. Right. And hopefully become uh, adopted by these parents. So there's a lot of impetus around emotionally. I care a lot, and that yes. becomes that my own internal measure as one of your employees. That might the amount of uh, how much I care becomes a proxy for how hard I work. Correct. Which becomes by extension, then you should pay me a lot because I care a lot. And you're, that's exactly right. That That is the conundrum, right? So you're exactly right. Our people are doing incredible work dealing with some kids who have gone through incredible things in their life, right? And, and our people are helping nurture them and guide them and mentor them and connect them with families who will love them. It's incredible work. And to say that, you know, uh, case manager A is doing more or less than case manager B becomes very, very difficult because they both are passionate about what they're doing. And to boil it down to just a number can become very, can be very difficult when you're putting a very, very difficult job and very hard job and just boil it down to a number. It doesn't work as well as it does if you're a salesperson or something. It just doesn't work as well. Well, and people will confuse our ability to measure them as being callous and not Correct. And not in the best interest of the kids or whatever else. And and I that's right. Yeah, I I think you guys have an incredibly challenging environment in which to create a compensation structure compared to the average business. All of that said, you still have to do it. So so let's come back to I know that part of your challenge is you are relative to other jobs that most people can have. When people come to NECO, one way or the other, they are they are almost making a choice that they're going to earn less than they could doing something else. Is that correct? That's right. 
Yeah, and that's that's if you especially look at our workforce, I mean, it's an inordinately high percentage of bachelor's and even master's degree people, right? So highly educated people choosing to work in an industry overall that compared to their educational accomplishments does not pay as well as other as other positions. And that's just the industry as a whole. And so you're right. I mean, they're coming in, they're 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 doing incredible work, but the industry as a whole just does not does not pay nearly as high as other, you know, other comparable education positions. Does that have to become part of the conversation either when they're hired or between them and their boss when the compensation is discussed? You have to talk about the fact that you need to understand if you're going to be in this industry, you are always going to be at a disadvantage relative to other things, other jobs you could have outside of this industry. Yeah, I don't think it's a one-time discussion. I mean, even if you know that, right? Even if you know it, it's hard to divorce the concept of I'm doing incredible. I'm highly educated. I'm doing incredible work, and my, you know, my pay statement says I'm only worth X. That's just that's not something that it's very. That's that's an ongoing discussion. So it's not unlike the teachers that that are in public, right? That yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Do do you talk about money versus total compensation or total rewards? I mean, we, we do go with total rewards and I think we try to push that concept, total compensation. We, we definitely push that, but I do think it, it more or less usually boils back down to, 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 to money. We, we try to push it. I don't, we've been as successful as I would like to, to say, Hey, here's the total, here's the total package, right? We just have not been successful. It's like, okay, yeah, we know you offer those benefits. We know you offer that, but what's, what's still my pay statement? That's largely what it comes back to. Do you see much difference in in what people care about and what motivates them financially between age demographics, between 20-year-olds versus 30-year-olds versus versus 40 or 50-year-olds? Everything I'm doing is anecdotal, but I do think they want there's there's more appetite for a higher base, less variable as they get basically more security, right? They want more, less variability in compensation as they get, as they get older and they're longer in their career, which I think is to some extent normal. Like as you take on additional responsibilities and have kids of your own, yep. you need more certainty or yep. you, you want less risk in the, in the, in your, in the, or the variability in your compensation. So that is anecdotally, I've seen that don't have a hard data, but I anecdotally I have seen that. Okay. And then what about, the path to earning more is it is is it very clear for your people about what they can do if they want to earn more money? How that happens? No, it is not, and that is one thing. You know, I don't. You know, Rob Goodwin. He's he and I have talked, and he and actually really operations have worked quite extensively to to move down this path, more or less a career path. You know, obviously, any given quarter you can make your 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 incentive comp. However, what are what what can we do for you? which will be beneficial to you and the company to actually move your, move you along a career path, which will drastically accelerate your earning potential. Right? So that is something that we've been working on probably the last several months and hopefully we'll have rolled out or probably Q1 of 2023 is really having those using what's now just our our quarterly chuts points now are largely how have you done your scorecard and how does that affect your bonus? And what we're trying to move to is that's still that's still an important conversation, but it's really more about where are you in your career? What are some key objectives I as a manager can develop you in so that you can? Here's here's where we want to get you to. If we can get you to, here's what it'll do for you, and here's how it'll set you up for your next step. That's what we're trying to migrate to, which is a bit which is a shift, and it's it's a pretty heavy lift. But Rob's really doing a great job leading that leading that charge. What about the idea that? 
my compensation is, my variable compensation is driven by my own performance versus my team's performance, our department's performance. What about that differentiation? Do you guys reward for group results as opposed to individual or only individual? How's that work? So, yeah, we, we went round and round on that one. And what we settled on for our direct care workers, the you know, individuals who are actually direct the what we settled on is at least for this first pass, because it, it'll always be evolutionary, it'll always be evolving. But our first pass is we're going to say we want people to feel that they have the most control as possible. And as such, it's going to be almost entirely based on their current performance. Now, as soon as you get, as soon as you get to a team leader or manager or anything like that, your own performance is reflected in what your team is doing, right? So you have responsibility for your team or your PL or your site or whatever it is. Um, it quickly becomes you control it all. And so as such, you have to you have to control it all. And that you, then you'll be based your your incentive comp will be based if on. If I'm it. a manager, I'm result my compensation is driven predominantly based on how the team does, not how I do. That's right. Because okay. what you should be doing is driving performance through your team. That's right. That's right. What about biggest mistakes you've seen made either inside or outside of NECO relative to comp? If you think if, if you think back in your career, it might be good intention, it might not be, or it could be just terrible execution. But when you think about mistakes that you would give advice to try to avoid, what, what comes to mind, if anything? Kind of a twofold thing. One, I'd seen my one of my first places I'd gotten a comp, variable comp. It was completely a black box. I had no idea... I had zero idea how my performance in any way impacted what was what was given to me at the end of the year. And so at that point, I was thankful for it. You know, I was always grateful for extra money. That's great. But it wasn't driving my performance. It had no impact on my day-to-day activities because I had no idea what, I, what to, it was just completely a black box. And so that does not make any sense to me at all. The other thing, and I've alluded to this a little bit before, and to some extent, we're, we're to some extent, we're doing it now here at NECO and we're quickly moving away from it is is incentivizing the wrong behavior and that's because we've set the wrong targets people are hitting all the targets but it's not driving the it's actually not driving or, or what we're trying to drive that one's actually even more more a black box is is frustrating but it doesn't actively demotivate people or drive bad behavior the latter does or it can yeah sure. i can see how it would well You've gotten us to the point where we're pretty much at the end of our time. One of the things I always promise the listeners is that the guest is going to offer one piece of advice. If there's only one thing that they would ask listeners to do to, to run a better, more sustainable, successful business, and th- in this case, as it relates to compensation, what would that want to ask be for you of the audience? If they were only going to do one thing to have better compensation systems, what would that be? I mean, first and foremost, I would say you have to be really dialed in at the management at a management level. What are we trying to accomplish? Because if you have, if you're not crystal clear on that, what's your key objectives? It's going to be almost impossible to develop an incentive plan that drives behavior that you want to drive. And so you have to be crystal clear what your what your strategic objectives are, and then boil those down either by service line or or, or or management leader responsibility. And everyone has to know: here's the key objectives. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's how my little piece of it overall rolls all the way up to that. You need to make sure everyone's bought into that thoroughly. It's transparent. It's easily measurable. Because if you don't have all those things, it'll quickly become either demotivating or a black box. And neither of those 
neither of those will work. No, no neither ones are going to be a desirable outcome. I agree right. with you. John, if people right. want to reach out to you and have questions, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, just shoot me an email, javery at neko.org, J-A-V-E-R-Y at neko.org. Would love to, love to, I'd love to actually get ideas as well. I'm fairly new at this, fairly, you know, I'm not that, that mature in my career, so to speak. So I'd love to have, if anyone wants to reach out and give insight or input, I'd love to hear it. The, I guess you could say this is a two-edged sword when we deal with compensation. The good news would be that probably there are better ways to compensate our people than the ones we're currently using. The bad news is no matter what we do, whichever system we come up with, there's going to be deficiencies and, and challenges with it. That's exactly right. Yeah. You try to think through what, you know, what's the all secondary effects and you just, you don't know till you roll it out sometimes. Yeah. You, you try to check all the boxes and then it's like, well, we missed that one. So we know it's going to happen. John, thanks for joining us today on the Ed Epley Experience. It's been a real pleasure. Hey, thanks so much, Ed. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley Experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's theepleygroup.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills.